Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Money for Everyone. Today, we are starting our investing series. And so we got some questions Ooh. from some listeners <laughs> that we're going to be going over that relate to investing. So we're going to get started here right away. First question is, hi, it says, hi, Megan and Eric. I love the podcast and appreciate all the advice thus far. I am a recent college grad and have a decent amount of student debt. My interest rates are low and can pay off my debt within 10 years. Should I focus on paying down my debt or think about starting to invest while making my monthly payments? Love you guys and looking forward to the feedback. Eric, I'll let you start with your answer to that question. Yeah, this is a very interesting question. I think a lot of our listeners can resonate with this one because it's when you're starting to look to invest, obviously, if you have student debt, you want to make sure that you are at a low interest rate, depending on what kind of, if it's a federal loan, if it's a private loan, but also it's the cost benefit analysis really of either paying down your debt as soon as possible. So taking all of your extra income or any savings that you have and paying off that debt sooner than the 10-year goal or the 10-year mark that your monthly payments will eventually get you to, or taking that extra funds if you just make your monthly payment. Let's just say your monthly payment is $300 and you have a surplus of $600 at the end of the month. Do you just put the extra $300 towards your principal for that loan, which is obviously you're paying twice of your actual monthly payments, you'll probably pay off your debt within five years instead of 10. But the question is, could you take that extra $300 and invest it in the stock market or invest it in a Roth IRA? So my advice is just look at your interest rate, look at how much you're spending per month, how much surplus you really do have at the end of the month. And then in my personal opinion, I would invest. I would give you the green light. If you're confident and you have a stable job and you know that income is coming in every single month, there's no fear and there's no rush to pay off your debt. Now, I understand that your interest rates will cause your debt to be more expensive over the long term. But honestly, you can probably make more off of some investments. And it's not a guarantee that the S&P is going to increase that much. I mean, we saw back in 2008 during the financial crisis, a lot of people lost a lot of money because a lot of people had investments that were tied to the United States stock market. And obviously, stocks were not doing hot at that time. No one had any money. Interest rates were really low. So a lot of people lost money. So it's not a guarantee. But if you're confident in the United States stock market, you're confident that businesses are going to continue to improve their revenues over time, I think it makes sense to start looking at an investment strategy um, as opposed to just paying down your debt right away. It, it, in my perspective, you really can't go wrong. I mean, both strategies are good. Paying off all your debt uh, provides you with peace of mind. It allows you to become more financially stable, improves your credit score. It's all good things, but you just have to look at the cost benefit analysis, right? So if you invest in the stock market, taking that, using my example, taking the $300 extra per month and putting it into a fund or putting it into the S&P using Robinhood, I believe you can do it. E-Trade, any of the online brokerages, you can go put your money into the S&P and start like an account that is just invested into the S&P. Over time, that might equate to several tens of thousands of dollars more. But again, you can't go wrong. And I think 
the most important part about all of this is just have an idea of how much debt you have, have a concrete understanding of your interest rates, and then look at your um, risk tolerance. And that's how risky or how conservative you want to be with your money. So I'm I'm a little bit more conservative. Um, I know Megan's a little bit more risky. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to Megan to get her two cents on this question. If there's any other additional information she can add. Yeah, I pretty much agree with what you said. Another thing I would add to it, I guess, is just to avoid going into any future debt after you do pay mm. off or... Yep. Um, since you already have student debt, I would try to avoid going into any other debt except maybe for a house. Um, I know, like I've said in past episodes, houses are way more expensive than you think and really be like, do I want to live somewhere for 20 years? That's what you need to decide. And if you're mm-hmm. unsure, you don't want to, buying a house probably isn't the best option financially anyway. So yeah, should you focus on paying down debt or starting to invest? I would definitely just do your minimum payments, maybe a bit extra, round up your payments, and then invest the rest. I think if your company offers a 401k especially, you should invest any extra money you have into your employer's 401k since it sounds like you recently graduated college. So hopefully you have an employer. (laughs) Um, And if you don't have an employer that offers a 401k plan currently, I would suggest then opening up a Roth IRA yourself and investing in your own retirement. Yep. Yep. And for our listeners that might not know what a Roth IRA is, it's a retirement account. So IRA actually stands for individual retirement account. So it's another vehicle to put some extra dollars into every single month. If we're getting too technical and if this is confusing the hell out of you guys, here's my suggestion. I would, I think it's really important in, at the stage of your life that you're in right now to find a mentor, find someone that you trust that's really good with their money that truly has your best interest at heart and get their perspective on it. Um, Whether that be a parent, an older sibling, one of your colleagues, someone you work with, someone that that can guide you and never i don't have a financial advisor but i think it makes sense if you're starting to invest to at least talk to somebody um most financial advisors are more than happy to have a sit down conversation uh, and really get that conversation going around where where you should be spending your money or where you should be investing your money um and there's tons and tons of resources that everybody can reach out to just on the internet alone i mean it's insane how many resources that are free that are out there to help you um ramp up your financial knowledge to help you make these decisions so i would caution anybody making this decision alone i would always reach out to someone that you trust and do your homework beforehand Yes, I like that you added that. It's a good idea. Always educate yourself first before diving into investing. And I guess I should say that neither of us are licensed financial advisors or anything like that. I guess I should put that disclaimer in there. But that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I currently work well, I currently work for two different financial advisors and I'm licensed in life and health insurance in the state of Minnesota, and we've both worked at the bank, and we both went to college for business-related degrees. So we have that, but just as a disclaimer, always do your research. Yes. 
Yeah, everything we say is 100% opinion and our own advice. We are not licensed financial advisors. We are not held liable for your own financial strategy. But that is our two cents. So I think we'll move on to the second question. So I'll go ahead and read it off. Money for everyone. How should I start planning for retirement? I currently have a 401k through work, but I'm interested in investing in the stock market and other means to retire early. What would you suggest? I suggest, when do you want to retire? Figure that out. Begin with the end in mind. That's what I say. Begin with the end in mind. What kind of retirement do you want to have? How expensive is it going to be? What are your What are your projected monthly expenses going to be? Then, when you figure out all of that, then you can calculate, okay, how much do I need? And then, based on how much you need, you can figure out how much you need to be investing monthly, yearly, whatever it may be on average in order to reach that goal. Okay. So definitely start there before you even just start, you know, you got to know where you're going, you know, where, where you're going first before you start the trip. So if you currently have a 401k through work, absolutely invest in that highly recommend because most employers match a certain percentage of the contribution you make to your 401k and that is priceless well not priceless but it's something that you want to take advantage of um so for example i think the bank that we used to work at they matched our 401k plan up to four percent so your employer may match up to four percent or it might be three percent or two percent or a certain dollar amount it varies it depends on the 401k plan um, but if your employer matches 4% and you put in 4% of your paycheck, you're getting the 4% you put in from your employer for free. So that's already a 100% return on your investment immediately right off the bat. So definitely invest in your employer's 401k. And then I say after you max that out, whatever those annual contribution limits are, depends on your age and stuff like that. But then if you max out your 401k for the year, I would suggest then doing a Roth IRA personally and using that as another retirement vehicle. Since you're asking specifically about planning for retirement, I would suggest, yes, do your 401k first and then Roth IRA. And then again, if you leave that job now, you can always, you roll over that 401k into your new employer's 401k or you can leave it sit with that other employer if you don't wanna do anything with it, or you can roll over your 401k into a Roth or a traditional IRA after you leave that employer. That's more in the future if you change jobs, because I'm, I'm gonna guess that you'll probably change jobs at least once between now if you're in your early 20s and when you retire, or you might stay with that company for 20 years, which props to you, but that's what I would suggest. Um, I guess I'll pass off to Eric and see if he has Anything to add or has a different opinion on it? I think that sums it up really well. I mean, there's a couple different vehicles that you can use. Company always offers you a 401k. So I, like Megan said, would max that out. And, you know, get with some of your HR partners or, you know, get some of your colleagues. Really leverage your network to help you understand how to take advantage of your 401k because that is going to be the primary vehicle for you to retire may not be social security. There might not be any money left for us when we retire from social security, just the way that a lot of boomers are now tapping and getting a lot of money from their uh, social security. And pensions are no longer popular. I mean, mm -hmm. my dad has a pension. 
but pensions are almost a thing in the past. Mm -hmm. And typically it's when you have a workers union, which uh, very, you know, there's teachers unions, nursing unions and things like that. But depending on your career path, you probably are not a part of a union. So you will not be offered a pension, which means you are reliant on your own savings, your 401k, the, the value of your house, and that's about it. So I would really look at, like Megan said, setting up an IRA account. And may seem a little scary, may seem a little boring, but trust me, guys, go to your bank, talk to a banker, have them explain what an IRA is, have them explain the value of one. I think it it all depends on your financial goals too. So I'd have the banker explain what best fit either Roth or traditional. I will say this. I do have Roth. I have a Roth 401k and a Roth IRA just because I'm not confident that the tax rate by the time I retire is going to be any less than it is now. Yeah. So exactly. yeah. So uh, that's really my two cents there. I, I think if you have answering their question and investing in the stock market, I mean, that's a little bit more risky. I would really reach out to a financial advisor. It's really hard to beat the stock market, guys. It's, yeah, it's very hard to do it on your own. So, I mean, there are a lot of financial resources out there. There's Robinhood. You can start investing in some blue chip stocks, let's say, Disney, um, Amazon, the Fang stocks, so Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. Um, those are all very highly valuable stocks, and they seem to always increase because their businesses are obviously doing really well. But if you're saving for retirement, you want something that's safer and you want something that's long term. And that's what an IRA is designed for. So that's my two cents there. And again, leverage your peers. And if you want to reach out to a financial advisor, I think that's wise to at least start the conversation. Yeah. And I did look up the 401k contributions. I, I know them off the top of my head, but I wanted to double check the number before I just told everybody what the what the contribution <laughs> limits are. So it's 19,500 if you're below age 50. And then age 50 and older, you get an additional 6,500 on top of that 19,500 that you can contribute to your 401k. So those are the limits and they do change annually. So not every year, but pretty much they go up because of inflation. So you'll need to check the limits and keep up to date to that on that. And yeah, pretty much nowadays you are in charge of your retirement. You like, I, that's what I really want to emphasize is like he said, like Eric said, pensions are no longer a thing. I highly doubt we're going to have social security by the time we're retirement age. I would not rely on anybody else to be in charge of your retirement except yourself and potentially your employer a little bit with the 401k. So just keep that in mind. You're in charge of your retirement. So if you're not saving for your retirement, nobody is. <laughs> so. All right. And then are we going to move on to question three here? Let's keep it rolling. All right. So it says, Eric and Megan, my girlfriend and I love your podcast. Can you discuss cryptocurrency? Should that be something we look into investing in? And I personally don't know a ton about cryptocurrency. I know more about different types of investment accounts and other financial advisor type things. But cryptocurrency is something I'm not familiar with. So I'm going to let Eric answer this question mostly. I <laughs> love this question. Um, first thing to know about cryptocurrency is even when people think they know about cryptocurrency, 
they don't. It's a very <laughs> complex thing that no one understands. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that's very difficult for, for me to get confident in this type of investment. Um will tell you my frame of thinking around cryptocurrency. And I've have dabbled in investing in certain cryptocurrencies before. Um or as of like a day trader, like I I buy when uh, a current cryptocurrency is at a very low um, dollar amount or a low price. And I try to see and I keep track of it on Coinbase, which Coinbase is uh, essentially a cryptocurrency exchange that you can buy and sell cryptocurrency, just like Robinhood is for stocks. Um, and Coinbase right now actually just had what's called an initial public offering. If you guys remember the Wolf of Wall Street, this is that famous scene where they have Steve Madden come in and Jonah Hill and Leonardo DiCaprio give that speech and they have Steve Madden come on stage. That is because they took Steve Madden's company and they offered shares to the public. And that's called an initial public offering, which means their company is in a growth stage and they see a lot of opportunity. So Coinbase just did that. So there's a lot of noise and a lot of excitement around cryptocurrencies. I would say about cryptocurrencies is that it's more of what I call a store of value than it is an actual currency. And what I mean by a store of value, if you think of when we were back on the gold standard, gold inherently had a value tied to it that is essentially a bet against the US dollar going down. So the US dollar will weaken. And what I mean by weaken is that $1 today may not be worth $1 in the future. This is where inflation comes into play. And this is where everything gets a little bit more political. And when the US economy is hurting, the government will just print more money. When there's more money, when there's more of one thing, it devalues that one thing. So a lot of people are now starting to put their money into cryptocurrency as a store of value because they believe the US dollar is going to weaken in the next several years based on the current administration, um, current spending, our, um, our, our debt, debt deficit, yep. things like that. Right. So that's how I think of cryptocurrency. Now there's tons and tons and tons of millennials, Gen Zers that are getting freaking filthy rich off of cryptocurrency because they invested in it early and guys they got lucky they got lucky these people don't know anything more than what we know they just got lucky they may have bought a bitcoin back when it was like three thousand dollars and now it sits at sixty thousand dollars and they could have just sold it and there you go Imagine if you bought 10, 30, you know, 30 Bitcoins when it was that price. They just got lucky. They didn't know more than any of us that Bitcoin was going to increase in value. So as the current market sits right now for cryptocurrencies, it really is about your risk tolerance. Again, I wouldn't go too much into the weeds. I wouldn't get addicted to cryptocurrency because I know people that have lost money on cryptocurrency, including myself. But again, I think it's healthy to start exploring cryptocurrency. I, I think if you are going to look to invest in cryptocurrency, I would educate yourself on what Bitcoin is, um, how it works. 
And I know Elon Musk and some other companies are starting to invest a lot in Bitcoin and they're actually probably going to use it as a means of paying for it. I know you can purchase a Tesla now or you're going to be able to purchase a Tesla using Bitcoin. So now it's becoming a little bit more of a viable option. It's actually realistic that you can buy certain things with Bitcoin. Again, it's all about hedging and hedging is just like, the term hedging just means, let's say you're going to bet on the Vikings. Vikings are playing the Packers. And we know that the Packers usually recent years have beat us. So I put $10 on the Vikings, but I'm, you know, I'm a little bit pessimistic that the Vikings are going to win and I don't want to lose that money. So what I would do is I'm going to bet $10 with the Vikings, but also bet $10 that Tampa Bay is going to beat their opponent. Why I do that is it's offsetting the risk of me losing that $10 by betting on the Vikings. That's hedging. So when you invest in cryptocurrency, you are hedging, you're reducing the risk that your dollars right now are going to weaken. That's what a lot of people are using cryptocurrencies for, but there's also tons of people that are investing in cryptocurrencies to get rich quick. That is not realistic. It may happen to a few select people, but if you're trying to get rich off of cryptocurrency, you are part of the majority that's probably going to lose a lot of money. That's my two cents. I think, yeah, just it depends on your risk tolerance and it could be the future of currency, but we don't know that. We The, the thing is with cryptocurrency is it's so new. It's such a new idea and a new thing out there. So it's up to you and your comfort level if you want to get into it and yeah, educate yourself more on it before you start putting hundreds or thousands of dollars into it for sure. Now we're going to finish out with our last question um, to end out the episode. Dear Money for Everyone, I am a current college student who has a Robinhood and Coinbase account. My parents are paying for my college, lucky, and currently have no debt, lucky, which puts me in a position to make money off of my money. When you look at the stock market, how do you know when to buy and when to sell? Ooh, I like this. Yeah, that's awesome. First of all, that you have no debt. That's great. Keep it that way. Keep it that way. That's all I need to say. <laughs> also, be extremely grateful that your parents are paying for your college. That's a wonderful privilege to have that not many people do. <laughs> and third of all, I personally believe investing in long term, more retirement, more like 30 years down the line, that kind of thing. And that's what I particularly believe in and not more. I don't really get into the whole day trading, buying and selling stocks. Like I'm going to buy and sell all the time. My investments are in a portfolio that automatically rebalances itself and does all the buys and sells by itself because it's smarter than I am and human error. So basically I invest for the long term. So I'm not really concerned about the daily ups and downs or even the monthly ups and downs or the annual ups and downs. I care about the overall 30 year growth. But with that being said, I do definitely invest more money at certain times and sometimes pause my investing at other times because when the market is down, like the crash that happened in like March, 2020, I decided to put in even more money into our Roth IRAs 
and invest more when the market was down. So when you see that the markets are red and it's gone way down, that's generally the time to buy, aka invest more. And I personally don't really believe in selling off your stocks because you're, I'm again, focusing on the long term. I don't really sell anything, but I do definitely pull back now. Like right now, I've decided to pull back on the market and we've kind of paused our investing and are going to focus on paying off debt instead for the next while because the market is now reaching all-time highs again. And so I don't really feel like buying at all-time high prices. So that is my opinion on the buying and selling of stocks or shares. Give my two cents here too. Like I think the the old adage of buy low, sell high. Ever want to sell high, buy low. And that is very straightforward and intuitive, but you would be amazed at how many people make very emotional decisions when they see their stock portfolios drop and they want to sell because they're afraid Mm -hmm. that they're going to lose money. It's really interesting to see when the stock market reacts on an aggregate scale. When you see the stock market go down, it typically people will panic sell. And I think that's what Megan was talking about is hold your investments long term. Now, it's different if you want to become an active investor, but that is very risky in and of itself. Yeah. So if you feel confident and you want to do um, more of an active investing style, I would focus on just a few stocks first to get kind of get your um, toes dip in the water, so to speak, and invest in blue chip stocks, most of which are already kind of, I guess, expensive, I would say right now. So if you were to buy Amazon right now, it's probably a little bit more expensive than what you want to buy. But I would always buy on the dips, sell when it's high. And honestly, you know, go for it if you really want to open up a Robinhood account. Um, I wouldn't put all your eggs in one basket and I wouldn't necessarily take all of your savings and just go you know, crazy with the stock market. I would really try to take a very strategic approach to putting like $100 in, $150 in here or there, testing it out, seeing what works, seeing what strategies work, and then just watch some YouTube videos. Um read some articles, leverage your peers around how they invest and just start that way. Yeah. And again, to, I think before you start doing that, make sure that you're investing consistently every month into your own retirement. Again, hitting on that point of long-term retirement investing. If you're not investing in your retirement into like a Roth IRA or 401k or something like that, you should not be playing around in Robinhood, wasting hundreds of dollars, like buying and selling stocks all the time. It's just a gambling waste of money at that point. You might make some, but nobody knows whether the market's going to go up, down, sideways. It's a fugazi. It's a fugazi. It's a fugazi. It's a fugazi. It's a wazi. It's a woozy. It's, it's fairy dust. Um, I've seen Wolf of Wall Street one too many times, guys. So yeah, clearly um, we've referenced it like four times already in this po- in like yeah. the whole podcast series. Like, um. mm. Mm. <laughs> Last thing I'll say too. Here's another investing strategy that I've heard. So let's say you do invest in the stock market. Let's say you pick Disney and you put hundred dollars in Disney, goes up twenty percent, right? What I would do, and this is very common. So you reduce your downside. You do reduce your upside a little bit. But what you can do is what I call the play with house money strategy. What I mean by that is you start out with $100. It goes up 20%. Your $100 turned into $120. 
congratulations, you made $20. What you could do is take out the initial investment, but keep the $20 in Disney stock. So now you still have your $100, but 20 of it is still in Disney. So if Disney then goes up another 20%, you still earn money. But if it goes down, let's say it goes down 50%, it tanks in a day or two or whatever that may be. You are playing with house money. You have already earned the $20. You are not mm -hmm. losing a single thing. That will obviously reduce your downside risk. It reduces your upside risk. But again, I think that's a good investment strategy. Yeah, I love that. That's that's a good idea. I mean, if that's something that you, whoever's listening, wants to do and wants right. to take that risk again. So, all right, well... I think that's it for this episode. We answered four questions. Feel free to message us at Money for Everyone 2021 on Instagram or at Money for Everyone Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, remember to feel love and gratitude for yourself, others, and even your money.